This episode of Sexy Marriage Radio is brought to you by Naked Bed, a sensual sheet designed to help you let go more during your intimate experiences and enjoy all that God's incredible gift of sex and marriage can bring. Made of a luxurious fabric, think of it as lingerie for your bed. It protects your linens from massage oils and other elements, giving you unlimited freedom without distractions. You can be playful, spontaneous, lavish, or exotic, and that can happen anytime with no mess and no fuss. Explore deeper intimacy and embrace the peace of mind that Naked Bed brings. Go to sensualbedding.com, enter the keyword sexy at checkout to receive a free bottle of massage oil. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where we're having honest, straightforward conversations about married life and sex and love and the good, the bad, the successes, the failures. Uh, all the things that can go wrong and all the things that can go right. Uh, we want to cover it all because we believe at Sexy Marriage Radio that married sex is the hot place for sex and we want it to be all it can be in your marriage. And so once again, uh, we love hearing from the Sexy Marriage Nation and the way you can let us know what's on your mind or questions that you may have. Uh, you can call us 214-702-9565. Or you can send us an email, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, where all of the information that we get helps shape the conversation. And it even helped uh, create this episode where I'm being uh, joined by a guest that I've just met. We're going to be fast friends, I can tell already. Uh, I can tell too. This is Lori Watson, is a licensed professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, uh, certified sex therapist. Also the author of a book, Wanting Sex Again, How to Rediscover Your Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage, and a fellow podcaster uh, with Foreplay Radio, um, I think that's kind of... Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. There you go, Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy, and so she has a weekly show that is just similar to Sexy Marriage Radio in the sense that it's like free sex therapy in your ears. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. So, Lori, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I've given a little bit. Is there anything else I left out that people need to know about as far as the Sexy Marriage Nation needs to know about you? Well, um, I also blog for Psychology Today and WebMD. And you can find us on iTunes for Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. Mm-hmm. So we're, and we're everywhere, right? Right. Stitcher and and like I'll, I'll put all the links in the show notes. Yeah, I'll put all the links in the show notes so people can okay, find you very, very easily after this episode. Good. So, so I mean, where I want to go with this, because this is something that the Sexy Marriage Nation has uh, emailed a bunch about over the yeah. years of Sexy Marriage Radio, and that is the whole idea of desire when it wanes, when it's good. You know, we don't get as much about when it's good because that's kind of everybody's too busy having sex then and they're not going to email the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but it's when when it's waning or when there's trouble or there's a libido issue. You know, there's, there, there's so many places we can go with this. Yeah. And so I guess to start this whole thing off, Lori, is I wanna, I'm curious, what is it that helped bring about the book that you wrote? Okay. So uh, I started as a sex therapist because I was really surprised. I taught a premarital class at a big church 
And I was surprised that the young couples came back with sexual problems. But okay. what I discovered is the research shows, this is kind of a scary stat, that by two years into a commitment or a marriage, that I think it's like 25% plus of couples are sexless. Okay. Which means, yeah, which means that they are having sex less than 10 times a year or less than once a month. Right, right. Or low sexed, which means less than every other week. Okay. And so I really saw this as a, a need uh, for couples to understand, you know, what happened? Why did desire wane? Okay. And so yeah. I'm, I'm curious, what is it that, are there some uh, specific things that have contributed to why things wane like that so quickly? Yeah. So, I mean, I want to talk about all kinds of things. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Perfect. But, um, we'll go wherever you, you know, want to go. I'll, I'll follow along. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, there's some technical things and there's a relational dynamic that okay. causes be problematic and maybe we could just talk really quickly through some of the technical things because they're a little spicier and fun deal um first thing uh women have called me over and over and the thing they say on the phone most of the time is uh, you know i never want to have sex again i don't care about it first thing i check is do they have orgasms because okay. it's such an easy fix yep you know and a lot of women say uh, I do, but I don't with my partner, or I know how to, or I'm expecting myself to have it during sexual intercourse, and that's not happening. And, you know, so we walk women through how to have an orgasm. First of all, most women do not have orgasms during sexual intercourse. Right. If it's Only just intercourse alone, correct. Yeah, yep. it's really low. And so they, they get married and they're expecting, you know, that now they should have it that way. Maybe their partner expects that as well due to the porn influence or, or just lack of knowledge, mm -hmm. you know, but actually it takes a woman about 45 minutes. I could say it from soup to nuts, okay. you know, to have uh, an orgasm. So it takes her about 20 minutes to let go of her list right. and sink into the moment. It's a transition. And then, right. And then it takes about 20 minutes of clitoral stimulation to reach orgasm. Okay. And so that's sex or digital manual stimulation, you know, and, and a lot of couples don't know that. Yeah. So as soon as she stops having orgasms, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, before they got married, they were putting off the, the, you know, actual act of sexual intercourse. And right. then uh, I know you're a Christian audience and many of these kids come to see me and they put that off, but they had a lot of foreplay. <laughs> they did everything, <laughs> but yep. I got gotcha. you. They did everything, but <laughs> yep. They didn't cross that line. And then once they cross that line, they think, okay, great, let's have sexual intercourse. Mm -hmm. And they're not doing the foreplay that actually arouses her. So she's not having orgasm. Mm -hmm. And I had a girlfriend, this was um, back when I was getting married and she married a guy because she was so excited by him. And then two years in, I went over to her house and all her negligees were stuffed into her drawer. And I'm like, girl, you know, what happened? And she's like, eh, you know, it's the shower shout out in the morning. He says, Hey, you want some? <laughs> so she gets in the shower with him and it's a two minute quickie. Right. Well, a shower is not a great place for a woman to have an orgasm. Right. It washes away her lubrication. It's going to be quick. Yep. It's, you know, so it's his focus. Orgasm, yeah. Without orgasm, women don't have. Yeah. That's that, know, that's that idea of, yeah, that's that idea of what's in it for them. And if it shifts, cause that does create an interesting picture 
if you think of the dating scenario, especially the relationships that did everything but, there's tons of petting, if you will, and foreplay. Because that's the focus. That's the goal. And then you have all this expectation of intercourse is going to be even more incredible. And for the guy, it might be, right? But for her, it's I could totally see where she's going to be like, really? That, that, what? (laughs) What just happened? This this was what I was waiting for. And, you know, and I think, I think with spiritual couples and Christians, there, there's often this disappointment, right? Yep. You know, I waited and put this off. And for the woman who's saying, you know, I don't get anything out of it. Yep. yep. And if there's no big bang, there's no big deal. Right. And her desire is going to plummet. Okay. So orgasm really important. Second issue is going to be pain problems, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, unfortunately happens to women about 10% of the time. And it's not just virgins, although there is pain often if they're virginal. I, I got to say, there's an um, article on my website, awakenings uh, or awakenloveandsex.com. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's basically on first love. So couples who are expecting to have intercourse for the first time, I really want them to read it so that they can have no pain. Right. Because a virginal couple, the woman does not have to have pain. Right. You know, or minimal. Right, right. But- this is beyond that. I mean, there's a lot of couples who struggle with something called vestibulitis, which means she has pain that is unusual at the opening of her vagina and another condition called vaginismus, yep. which means her, her vagina contracts right. uh, and really will not allow penetration. So, so if that happens, I say, you know, get help fast. Yep. Absolutely. Um, you know, really problematic. And we see a lot of couples in our practice who are um, Middle Eastern origin and young Christians who, for whatever reason, um, they've had misinformation. They've had ideas about what it's going to be like, and they're very fearful. Right, right. And so, um, you know, that's often a vaginismus condition. And, and that, of course, lowers libido because the woman is so terrified. And sure, um, if if yeah, yeah, if you have an anxiety, if you have tons of anxiety or possibility of fear of pain surrounding this event, then if I, I can't see biologically speaking how the brain's going to go. Ooh, let's let's pump more chemicals out there to make you want this more. When yeah, exactly. no, I'm I'm afraid of it. I'm afraid. Okay. Then there's libido. And I think a lot of women say once they get married that, you know, um, I used to think about and dream about sex. And by the time we got to that petting period, I was lubricated. I was really excited. I want that to happen. And what I tell her is, okay, you know, did you wake up in the morning and think about the date that night? Did you put on something sexy underneath your clothes? Right. Did you go out and get a manicure at lunch, getting ready to, you know, prepare for the date? Yep. And then you set aside like six hours for cocktails <laughs> and dinner and yep. dancing. And what, I mean, how, honestly, Corey, are your married couple setting aside six hours <laughs> for a date? Not usually. Usually it's how can we squeeze this sucker in amongst everything else we got going on or after the kids go to bed and before we zonk out because we're so tired. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so what I say to these women is, okay, you can have that experience any day of the week. You got eight hours? 
Right. Because it's really, she's using her mind. Yep. She's projecting ahead into the evening and fantasizing or imagining her connection with her partner. Yep. Absolutely. That, that often is missing in a marriage when you're picking up the kids, getting the groceries done, you know, not, not even thinking as a woman, I believe in our culture that our mind has anything to do with it. We often expect as women right. that it's the guy who's supposed to turn us on. And that's stereotypical, yep. but a lot of women with low libido have this misinformation kind of this are, are abiding by a myth that she's the object. Right. And, and he's, he's not doing it subject. for me. Yeah. He's not right. doing it for me. So yeah. it's his deal, not mine. Exactly. And, and I think women don't realize that they have to be the subject sometimes that they have to own eroticism and desire yep. and that they have to work at it. I mean, the way it was so natural seemingly when she was dating, you know, now requires some effort. Okay. Uh, and, and for men, are, it, it requires effort to learn good techniques. Absolutely. Both, both, both of us have tasks. I keep talking over you. I'm no, sorry. no, no, you're fine. That's oh, that. I'm a it, no, that, I'm a that, but that's the idea. I, I guess my question is it, for, for the wife who's, yeah. who she doesn't have the, you know, we can't go backwards and go, Oh, I'm just going to recreate all those memories. We could use those as stimuli and maybe sparks but we can't recreate that whole scene and scenario. It's just an impossibility. But are there some techniques or tips or things that a, a woman and even to a degree, a man can do that do help get that framework started and help get some of that process rolling to help mm -hmm. set the stage sooner. That's just an individual thing. It's not a relational thing. Right. So I think women have to, first realize that in order to be a fulfilled sexual being, she has to develop what I call as the, the erotic core. Okay. You know, so the erotic core is really about being the subject of your own sexual desire and, and learning two things. What turns me on in my mind and what turns me on in my body? You know, and That's she good. has to be willing to communicate those things. That's good. So she has discovery and then she has vulnerability where she talks to her partner about these things okay that's good i like that because the erotic core is yeah. the essence of what's going to be a drive wheel for a lot of yeah. what can happen in the and the limitlessness of what your relational sex can be that's right okay and men i think you know they have so a, a normal man the range for his testosterone is a thousand nanograms down to 300 nanograms per deciliter. And that's the hormone in his blood. Right. Testosterone for men and women is the governs our sexual drive, our hunger. Right. Right. But women, you know, okay. So this is huge, right? Men have like lots of it. Yep. And women, we start out with 75. <laughs> right. It's so a small a guy, dose. A guy at 300, he has such low libido. He says to me, you know, I don't have erections in the morning. If I have a fight with my wife, I don't want to do it. Yep. Um, my erections are failing. Viagra doesn't work. There's all these problems. And then you think about women who start out with this tiny little bit. And by the time she's 40, it's in half. 
And by the time she's menopausal, it's infinitesimal. Yep. So, so this hormone that we need it is really not what has ever governed females. Okay. And that's but, a good point. Right. It, she really, her mind yep. and her ability to imagine, to think about sex, to be creative and to bring that energy is what governs her. Okay. So but I do, then, you go. I, I do have a question because th- what about the wife or the woman that they realize sex is a part of their relationship. They realize it's important, but they really don't, have a desire don't they're not they're not even interested in if they have an orgasm or not you know yeah what what do we do for with those yeah so we have to find the root of it most of the time i think that libido it's such a life force it's such a important part of our soul that when it isn't there i i say it's obscured okay that something is blocking it and so then we have to look deeper. What is the block? Okay. And I will say that the number one block comes, and this is why I think couples are sexless. I don't think it has to do with being too busy. I don't think it has to do with having children. Right. And I don't think it has to do with aging. It has to do with a dynamic within the coupleship. Okay. So, so the dynamic is that we need two things in life. We need autonomy on one hand, and we need closeness on the other. Yep. And so one person is the pursuer and one person is the distancer. Absolutely. The pursuer is aware of their need for closeness, talking, connection. The distancing partner often is more aware of their need for purpose, you know, their separateness, um, doing their own thing. And this struggle becomes really important in the bedroom and, Heterosexual couples, often the female is the emotional pursuer and the male kind of backs up. I, I don't I don't know what she means when she says <laughs> she needs connection. Right, right. Right. And but he is often the sexual pursuer. Right. And she's not as interested in bed. Right. And so they form this knot. And and therapy is designed really to loosen the knot, okay. to learn to teach each couple, um, each partner. What are you doing that tightens the knot and how do you loosen it? That's good. So because we can't untangle the knot when it's so tight with the tension. Well, and it's also probably true because what I know of you just from listening to you thus far, um, it it's also probably that we can't completely get rid of the knot either because we're not going to totally go through this metamorphosis of being clones of our partner and being exactly in sync. Cause that's an impossibility. Instead it's how do I maintain myself, but also still seek that connection in better ways and, and, and don't go to either extreme. Right. So we need both things. Right. Like you said, Absolutely. we don't want to be subsumed by our partner and lose our identity, but we don't want to be so far away from the fire that the wolves are howling and are going to pick us off. <laughs> exactly. You know? we're, exactly. We're too lonely. Yep, exactly. So, so there's this sweet spot of closeness that's really important. Um, and basically the pursuing partner is often saying, you don't give me enough and becomes critical. Yep. Angry, um, controlling. Um, their inner need is really for connection. What they want is more of the other. Right. Whether it be more connection talking or more connection sexually. Right. 
Um, I think one of the blessings that I've had in my life as a female to be a sex therapist, I've heard from thousands of men at this point. And understanding that their need for um, sex is really the way they feel love. Right. I mean, they're not, they're not saying I want sex to get off or to just get some. I mean, it's really the way they most deeply feel connection. Right. But the, the distancing partner, it seems like, you know, they feel like no matter what I do, it's not enough for you. Right. So if, if it's a female with low libido, she's exhausted. She's like, you know, you're, you're always coming at me with requests, you know, give it a rest, give it a break. And maybe then I'll get some desire. Right. Which he does. <laughs> right. He tries that. Right. He'll try that. And, he'll, and then he comes to me and says, you know, I've given it three weeks and she's never initiated. Yep, exactly. You know, and it's so frustrating. But that is that is what I work with every day. And uh, I really think it's a solvable problem. So um, I, I guess let, let me ask you this. Let's steer it towards. So a wife that's sitting here. Uh, all of a sudden now she's listening to this and she thinks, okay, wait, I need to get in touch with my erotic core, right? Yeah. I need, I need to recognize that's the identity of who I am. That's a drive force of me. It's what makes me quintessentially human and alive and vibrant. And my hope would be if she's a member of the sexy marriage nation or foreplay radio sex therapy, you know, or anything that where she, anybody that hears this, that she actually, if she's the one that says it's never enough in her dynamic of a marriage, that hopefully yeah. she would hear this kind of a message and go, well, it, of course it's never enough. I mean, look at me. Look at who I am. He could never get enough of this. Yeah. And you just yeah. all of a sudden switch that whole paradigm right, to a power stance. Exactly. Exactly. I love the way you just said that. <laughs> Good. It's it's seeing behind your partner's nagging or frantic need that actually they want you. Right. Instead of feeling like, oh, it's another chore, <laughs> something else I got to do. Right. You know, something I got to check off my list. Right. And that's where if you can then steer it towards, all right, I need to make sure that whatever it is that's happening sexual is I, I'm getting something out of this too. It is it it yeah. it doesn't just stay in that list or that obligation category because I could see how that sets up a really devious, destructive pattern, which which is how we kind of started the show. Of yeah, why absolutely. would I why would I want something I get nothing out of? Right. But but then in a marriage where we pledged fidelity, mm -hmm. you know, this becomes a dire power struggle. Absolutely. It does. You know, especially if I, I think in marriage, when her needs are not met, she reduces her vulnerability by losing desire. Okay. And men, men frequently dilute their vulnerability by looking at porn or watching other women, you know, and reassuring themselves, you know, it's out there for right, me. Right. Women just kill it. Right. Uh, but I, I think the secret of an enduring marriage that is alive and vital, like you said, is being alive emotionally connected mm -hmm. and also sexually connected. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's that both parts are really important. Well, that's what separates that relationship from everything else, hopefully. <laughs> yes. You're not sharing yeah. that with everybody if you're in at least right. a monogamous community relationship. Okay, so 
what are some of, as we kind of start wrapping this up, what would be, um, are there some things that people maybe don't even realize are getting in their way that they just haven't even thought of as, okay, hold on. Cause to me, I mean, the takeaway for me right now is the erotic core that that's to the bank hook, you know, done that that's, a, yeah. that's perfect. That yeah. there needs to be a lot more on that with people. I agree. Which, and we need to have a blog post on that. Absolutely. Well, send me the link when it, when it goes that. live. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. But what else could be there that people don't even realize? Because you're, it, it. I like how you frame this with, it's not because we're too busy, or it's not because we're just tired, or it's not because maybe my libido, biologically speaking, isn't what it once was. Because we're we're discounting the power of the mind, and we're discounting the power of the relationship. But, yeah. And you know why I know that? That it's not about time, money, or or anything else is because I sit with couples. They they make it to my office yep. one day a week yep. for an hour. They they pay for it. Yep. So I know that they can coordinate their lives to get an hour alone together. Absolutely. So, so I know it's not about time and money and tiredness. They can get to my office. They can do it. Okay. You know, I mean, many times I think if you would just spend that money and go to a hotel room, you know, you might <laughs> in my office. I've actually you know? said I've actually given a couple that that they had come to me several times, and we after like two or three, I'm kind of realizing we're not. You guys are getting more out of the fact that you've just carved time together than you are yeah. paying me. Why don't you spend the money you would have paid me and go to a nice dinner instead? Right. And they were like, "We can do that. Absolutely, consider it therapy." I mean, if you want to pay me and then go to dinner, I'll take it. But I feel kind of unethical about that. But, you know, it's, it's, that's but a better are, thing. But we are talking about functional people who yes. really can take our advice. Yes. Um, but people who don't come from childhoods where that's modeled and intimacy is not right. part of what they've seen in childhood, they have deeper attachment issues. And that's when they become more and more spread out right. in terms of pursuer distancer. And, and they don't know how to get out of it. So, so that really is a problem. Yes. Um, yeah. And that's where they, that's where they benefit from somebody that really does help walk them through it. And, and as you've mentioned and framed, loosen the power on that knot, loosen the tension exactly. so they can exactly. start to look at it through a light, a, a better lens. Okay. So uh, any other things that where we get in our own way that we're not even aware of? Yeah. So I think that, you know, just a couple of other thoughts is uh, a lot of young mommies, you know, are exhausted and overwhelmed. And one tip I would give them is do this, go rent a hotel room, hire a babysitter and have that babysitter come over at like three o'clock. You go to the hotel room and take a very long bath and a very long nap. Okay. <laughs> and then, then get dolled up mm -hmm. And meet your husband downstairs for drinks and appetizers, right? And yep, you know, yep. the babysitter's at home. And then go upstairs to you, your room, have wild sex, send him home, get a good night's sleep. <laughs> I love it. And then he takes care of the children until noon. I, I have never had a woman say, I wouldn't want to do that. I mean, they've all said, oh my gosh, I would be so up for that all is self. fantastic advice. That is so yeah. great. I love it. I, they, I can't think of a better way to end a show than that right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Lori, tell people how they can find you. 
Okay, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher, uh, radio set. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher for Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. Yep. And you can find us, uh, let's see, my book is Wanting Sex Again. It's on Amazon. It's about how to really help women with low libido. Every chapter is fun. It's the, the way I like to read books, you know, a case study yep. and something interesting about yep. a couple. Uh, that would be helpful. That's good. I'm on Psychology Today and WebMD. You can, you know, we do Skype therapy. So you can find me at awakenloveandsex.com. Perfect. Uh, so I help all, all over the nation. And I, I will have all that information in the show notes at sexymarriage.net. Um, so, Lori, I got to say thank you for helping us walk through this. And, and man, you brought it, girl. Thank you. That was great. <laughs> You're welcome. This was fun. Good. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Uh, if we left something undone, let us know. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. So wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. See you next time.